You're going through so much pain. You're going through so much agony. You're ready to give up. You're ready to quit. I got one word for Drive you, faster. warrior. Woo! Drive faster. Warrior. In the old days, if I remember when I was like 18, 19 and, uh, uh, you know, a uh, semi-professional athlete, we would we would make pains to almost like barely open one eye in the morning, you know, before we looked at our, our Timex triathlon watches and tried to like count out our uh, our neck pulses. And um, and this like most recent, I've been sort of mid afternoon, you know, not like after a coffee or a run or anything like that, but um, but certainly not like, you know, in the still of waking up. And I'm still quite happy with it. So again, I, you know, Yannick, I think um, I wouldn't be surprised to hear something's wrong, actually. <laughs> just, just, there's no reason that I should, at, you know, at my age and um, capabilities be, you know, sort of competitive with, uh, with Olympic swimmers or cross-country skiers, right? Who knows? Uh, the the anti-aging yeah. powers, right? Yeah, and, and especially with dry fasting under our belts. <laughs> 100%. I mean, uh, you yeah. could even do some sort of uh, methylation genetic testing to actually see your age. And as you continue dry fasting, seeing if your metabolic age keeps going back and back. How is that done? Uh, there are specific tests. Uh, I'm not sure how the, your doctor would uh, probably give yeah. you a requisition form if requested or a private clinic, but you'd be looking yeah. at basically DNA methylation testing that tests your biological age. Wild. Oh, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, there's a, it's very popular in the biohacking sphere. Um, there's a few podcasts about it, too. Um, okay. I follow one called Sim Land, which he's like, I think he broke. I the love Sim. I oh, know you know Sim. him. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's great. <laughs> he broke uh, the world record, I think, for aging backwards the fastest. I was going to say for reverse aging. <laughs> I, I can only imagine that would be his category, but I didn't know of the record breaking uh, uh, success. That's great. Yeah, so I, I mean, thought it was just anecdotal. Yeah, no, I think he actually he actually did do some sort of tests, and I'm almost positive it was uh, methylation testing. Okay, what an animal! How yeah. great! And uh, so it's time for us to beat his record because I don't think he knows about dry fasting. No way! Yeah, seriously. Wow. But uh, uh, what, you know what? Okay. I, I'll, I'll give him a couple years, and I think he'll yeah, uh, right. He'll be here. He'll be here with us. Let him catch up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I just so um, we've started already uh, the interview. Everything okay. works. Um, just wanted to before we continue, I wanted to tell you. You mentioned you don't know what to test for if you actually ask for blood yeah. tests. So yeah. one of the best things that you want to do are the very generic ones that tests your um, your cholesterol, um, triglycerides. You get a basic blood panel, so it checks like your red blood cells and all their shape and their health. Um, yeah. A good one to test is your vitamin levels, but usually that stacks up. So it's kind of unnecessary, but it's really nice to test your vitamin D, your serum vitamin D levels. And then you ask for a thyroid health and for men, uh, and I guess women as well, a testosterone test would be nice too, to see what your levels yeah. are at. I'd love to see that. So those are the main ones. Um, okay. And then you and can what about human a... growth hormone? And is it possible to test also for, um, for stem cells. Yeah, you could. Uh, another great thing to test for is CRP, which is C-reactive protein. It measures okay. your inflammation levels in the body. So the older wow. you are, usually your CRP is higher or the sicker you are, same thing. Um, and you can easily track as those levels go down the longer you dry fast. Wild. 
Yeah, so those are really good. And I'm then obviously, very curious about those. Yeah, human growth hormone. And like, there's so many other tests that would be nice to have, but as you keep stacking them, the tests can get ridiculously expensive. So <laughs> you have to take that into consideration. Sure. Yeah. Good. Perfect. Uh, so, okay, so let's start. And uh, so I have Craig with me. Can you just give us a little bit of a backstory? Um, I guess, I guess how you found dry fasting and I guess a little bit about yourself as well. Well, I, uh, I, I, I'm fairly fasting literate, um, but I guess uh, m maybe more now that I've actually dry fasted and, and water fasted most recently, I, I realize I probably was more diet knowledgeable than, than actual fasting in that my most experience began with what most people probably listening to this might recognize or know as the master cleanser or the lemonade diet. And uh, so I, I had uh, a, a strong um, relationship with, uh, with the austerity of, you know, not eating and particularly over the length of time of like, uh, it wouldn't be uncommon. I'd say I've probably done a half dozen in the neighborhood of um, uh, full two week and then, uh, and then like three day refeed with like consciousness of, of what you're putting in you after, uh, after two weeks of only, if people aren't familiar with the lemonade diet, it's uh, eight ounces of, uh, of water with a couple of table, tablespoons of, uh, if you can get it, although you may also know Yannick that they very much changed the, um, the classification system of, uh, of maple syrup, but it used to be C grade or the darkest maple syrup organic. And then, uh, uh, organic lemons again, two tablespoons of uh, of each of those, and then as much uh, cayenne pepper if you could get organic uh, as you could stomach, and then uh, and then increasing particularly the uh, the cayenne pepper over uh, over time, and that's of course stressing isn't a um, isn't a restriction diet really, you know some people do use it for that to lose weight. But um, but that was really never my intention with it, and I always thought of it more as a as a cleansing diet, and maybe you know the uh, astringency of the uh, of the citrus, and um, and that would start with a uh, uh, usually a, a peppermint tea or a um, or a, a like a, 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 a what's the term again when you're getting your bowels all loosened up tea. Um, a, uh, yeah, you know, one like of a, those. The prokinetics or just digestive teas. Yeah, yeah, just to, to get your uh, to get you you know sort of loosened a bit, and then you would start the day with a um, with a uh, 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 salt water, um, particularly um, Celtic uh, or Himalayan sea salt. Uh, in the neighborhood of about a, a teaspoon, and that's into a liter and a half, usually of warm water, and um, and uh, you drink that, and it it uh, races through your intestines. You can normally feel it pretty well, gurgling away, and uh, and that you know blasts out pretty quick. And uh, before you know it, you'll be able to um, sort of uh, enter the public. Uh, but you you learn to uh, of course um, time that well, and uh, so you're not in emergency mode for too long, and then. Uh, and then again, not a restrictive diet with that. You can just drink it whenever you feel you need sustenance through the day. And most recently with that one, I've concentrated on what I think is quite important with um, uh, the freshness of which uh, in the old days, for example, I would take like a two liter bottle with me, you know, to town or 
or um, to work. And uh, and recently, I, I've found the uh, uh, sort of I've I've bought into the benefit of making sure that you're like squeezing it fresh, so that you you know you have a, a fresh drink when you need it. But that of course needs you to be a little closer to home when you're doing that. And um, and then again, that's about two weeks worth of that. So I I did that for uh, for a number of years, semi regularly, and uh, and started off with uh, probably my first foray into fasting at all or that type of um, restrictive diet came uh, after a, a long hike into a um, into a cabin uh, quite remote near uh, Whistler in Canada on uh, snowshoes, and we were uh, we had actually brought because uh, again we weren't experienced with that we had brought uh, like a, a seven nine bean soup that we'd uh, that we'd got a hold of at a uh, at a health food shop just in case you know just thinking that like you know we might be helpless you know mm -hmm. you might be in a in a pool of your own uh, ambition and unable to like particularly like hit you know to a uh, snowshoe out and Yannick we like I remember it was almost an out-of-body experience for myself and my buddy that um we like by the time we got down to the snow line, like down onto the logging roads, we were just like bounding like Bambis. We were like just astonished at the energy that we still had. We were so fearful that we were going to be, you know, completely either dehydrated or, you know, uh, malnourished that we just couldn't believe the energy levels that we were able to maintain. So so since then, I've kind of, you know, not gone in daunted again to restricted uh, eating diets just because i i've uh, you know bought into the to the understanding that our bodies are you know more than capable of dealing with that and then uh, unfortunately and hideously for me and you mentioned earlier about like uh, wanting uh, blood levels taken or the you know the uh, um particularly the uh, uh inflammation levels that you mentioned um, I've been, uh, it's very hard to use the terminology, uh, properly. I don't like to think of myself as a victim, but I also don't like to think that I'm, uh, entirely, um, to blame, but, uh, but I've, uh, in my not very old age suffered quite shocking and surprising, um, uh, osteoarthritis and the, uh, the horrible effects of that. Uh, which, um, you know, for a lot of people maybe out there and I'll, I'll you know, I, I speak often to people half my age and I really, Yannick, I try and encourage them as I'm sure you do as well to just like, if you have aches and pains right now, if you got like, you know, any feedback from your joints, particularly shoulders, knees, hips, back, uh, you know, really, I encourage you to uh, address that as quickly as you can, just because I think so much of what I'm suffering now was entirely preventable. I fully believe that with the knowledge that I have now. And uh, of course, and I'm sure again, you're, uh, you're familiar with the experience of trying to encourage younger people to care about their systemic health. It's just like, you can, you know, I, I can, I, right now I'm feeling the, the eyes glaze over as I talk about it because people, <laughs> you know, when they're in the prime of their life, they just don't for a moment think that they need to intervene in their own health for longevity. But, um, but I really, you know, with, with, uh, all the sincerity in my heart, I really wish that I did because by the time that you hear, as I did at about, <clears throat> would have been about 44 that, um, 
that what I thought were aches and pains that I was trying to address with uh, Tiger Balm or, you know, Bengay Rub or, um, you know, Mentholatum and, uh, you know, uh, heat packs and all the silliness that you think is because you've been running so far or hiking so long that you've got sore muscles, not for a moment realizing that you've actually, you know, you're, you're dealing with a deteriorating joint. And, uh, and that was, you know, really the shock of my life. And, um, and the people who were involved in that, you know, sent me to, uh, to an MRI. At that point, I was just dealing with like, a, as I'm sure, again, most people are in your early 40s. Maybe there's people out there right now that just have, um, you know, you're going to a chiropractor, you're wanting adjustments, and you're hoping that something can be done to sort of, you know, make you uh, just feel uh, to, to click you back into shape. And I, I hope that it's not your case, but it may very well be that, um, that you're, you know, if you're dealing with deteriorating joints as I was, that, um, that you intervene in it again, even 10 years ago, Yannick would have been fine. I talked to people who were like 25 and 30. I, I was talking to a 22 year old the other day that had, uh, you know, clicking in, in his joints and, um, and I was trying to, again, you know, suggest to him to, um, to, to get into a, uh, you know, just even a minor fasting protocol, for example, for, you know, as I have done only recently, just to get the systemic inflammation right down, just to like get it, you know, down to a dull roar. But regardless, I was in my early 40s and um, and the chiropractor sent me to uh, to get a, uh, basically an emergency MRI back when they were semi cheap at the side of the uh, the highway or motorway, as they say here in the UK. And um and it cost me about 400 quid and I brought it back to the uh, to the chiropractor and she just said, I, I'm not authorized to tell you what I think I see, but I advise highly that you uh, that you go to a doctor and have this um, this scan looked at. So I did so. And, uh, you know, I had at that time uh, like scales on my vertebrae and um, what are called osteophytes or uh, or um, uh, like calcified deposits. So bone basically where it shouldn't be. Is that common? Is it what? Is it common for uh, yeah, arthritis? Yeah, fairly common. You know, that's and in fact, you know, it also it makes you a bit of a, an old pro once you start to, as I'm sure you would as well. Once you start to read about your own ailments and sort of what's, you know, on the horizon, what's coming. And, you know, but also funnily enough, Yannick, that like nobody ever along the way suggested fasting. Not at all, you know, and, and um, just even in terms of like I, I was just a guy who just had to really at the time desperately start chewing opioids and uh and wow. uh, in, in, you know, and even worse than that, um, paracetamol, and uh, and in right, like right on the edge of of, uh, of organ failure dosages as well, unfortunately, and including um, ibuprofen, you know, uh, uh, in high quantity up to like twelve hundred milligrams, and I'm talking like a fistful every, you know, three times a day. Just to just to get through the day. And I can't even imagine, like, even to tell you right now about it just seems nuts to me that I was able to function in terms of like cognitively and um, uh, particularly uh, um, uh, digestive tract, you know, when you're into that kind of like uh, effective opiates and, um, and, you know, just slowing your digestion alone and slowing your metabolism because of that. Just, you know, just hideous, hideous on your body. And I, I you know, not that 
not that I would have listened. I don't say that because like if somebody just sat me down and said, you know, there's a way that you could do this just by controlling your diet, just by like, you know, not eating every donut that you see or, or thinking that you need to like wake up in the morning and have a, you know, have a, a bag of oats for breakfast. You know, it's just, it's mad. As I tell you this, Yannick, it just seems like a crazy time. Like I, I someone I completely don't relate to, but, um, but really, you know, to be fair, we just weren't really raised to know any different. And, um, so anyway, at that, uh, you know, I was about 44 and, um, and uh, I, I basically was in uh, uh, full arthritic deterioration in terms of uh, um, joints, particularly. And, uh, and that led to about five years of, um, uh, well, getting up to, a, um, to what's called an atheroscopic hip surgery. So they... And again, like if you ask about osteophytes as, as you have, um, the, the reason for the surgery is because you've got uh, extra bone growth. These calcium deposits are growing where they shouldn't. And in my case, they were on the, uh, on the head of the femur uh, and, you know, uh, impacting uh, what's called the labrum of the uh, acetabulum or the hip joint. So you've got this like, I can only imagine, and I've actually had it really, you know, in detail described to me by the surgeons who have acted on it, um, particularly most recently, uh, even with a further diagnosis of a progression of my arthritis, the surgeon was telling me how difficult and fiddly it is for them to work with that type of material when they get in there with like literally, you know, black and Decker tools, like Dremel tool, like stuff that you would see on a, you know, on a shop floor is what they're going into your body with and bashing and trying to vacuum out. And, uh, and it's um, known to be quite like sticky, gooey. So you'd think of it like, you know, calcium deposits. I'm sure you're aware of the composition of, of bone isn't just calcium. There's, you know, all, all sorts of other um, minerals in there. But, but uh, it's said to be very difficult for the surgeons to work with. And, um, and uh, again, quite sticky and gooey. So it's not just as easy as like little bits of, uh, of like sand in suspension and fluid. It's more that it's like sticking to things and moving into, you know, nooks and crannies that it shouldn't. But regardless, they, um, they uh, uh, were able to, through... Uh, great pain, really. I learned afterwards that the uh, the operation that I endured was called a um, the painful one. Yannick, they refer to it as in in the business. You know, like uh, oh oh, you had the. It's funny when you hear that after you wake up. Oh, you had the painful one. It's like oh great, I, I wasn't aware. But it's essentially the operation that they give you when you're young. Uh, when they're trying to kick the can down the road to giving you a, a, a new hip, which is what I have now. So they don't want to give young people, uh, you know, hips too early because they also don't want to have to give you a second one when you're much more vulnerable and older and uh, and the complications can be much more dire and less forgiving. So, um, so I, I went through that process. And again, like now you've got like a more functional hip it's radiating great pain, um, and and again the amount of painkillers involved in keeping that inflammation down are are quite uh, dramatic in terms of the um, dosages, and then uh, 
I had uh, um, about two and a half, three years ago, I had uh, the the what I'd been waiting for at that point for nearly like 11 years, uh, a new hip put in. And um, but again, I when I when I mentioned earlier that you sort of once you're like uh, diagnosed with something, you know, you sort of know once you learn that you've got like bone that's just growing, as I mentioned earlier, like on your vertebrae and on your femur head and, you know, on your shoulders and just sort of like, you know, you've got this like uh, uh, popcorn of, of bone structure that's growing all over your body. When you're, when you're informed that it's in a new place and that's the reason why, for example, I've got like paralysis in both arms and both hands and um down the uh down the like the the back of the forearm and um so i i've been i've been dealing with this just like constant regular rate of progression of something that people around you can be sometimes shocked by but for you it's just sort of like oh yeah well i you know that's that's what just happens when you got bone growing where it shouldn't i, I think we can all agree whether you're, you know, spiritually minded or, or, you know, how you imagine yourself to be composed of or, you know, what uh, created you, you can agree that um, there's not a lot of like uh, space in our perfect bodies, you know, and, and even more so that we're talking about something that I would also argue is just miraculous in terms of our body's ability to heal, particularly with dry fasting, but with fasting alone, the mechanisms that our bodies actually have. And I, I'm just getting excited talking to you about it now, just thinking about like uh, of uh, all of the things I've told you so far, you know, what, what could possibly help you except something that on an entirely microscopic level is able to 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 get into your like deepest and tightest nooks and crannies and clear out debris, you know, in a in a totally um, uh, uh, both symbiotic and and non invasive way and also helpful way to your body. So, so you know, I I um, I, I reached this I I reached the point where uh, and you never want to hear this. I hope it never happens in your life, and I hope it never happens to any of your listeners. But you never want to hear this in your life, Yannick inoperable yeah that's what i got to i got to like having the top surgeons in the areas that i've engaged in for help in in the you know allopathic system where they've just said at your age with your particular situation your issues and bearing in mind at this point yannick i'm being told i've gone through the tests that have told me that i've lost strength because of nerve damage in both arms both hands you know um I've, I'm now dealing with, as mentioned, paralysis and numbness. I'm I'm in progressive agonizing pain, and I'm talking like searing, white hot heat pain, stabbing, like you know the uh, pain that's preventing my head from being able to raise up, pain that's preventing me from being able to look in big in cupboards above, pain that's allowing me only to drive by peeking through the the steering wheel you know barely able to look at the road cuz my my head's in a in a hunched over crooked position and so you know you're in that kind of agonizing pain from myself and uh, my my job you know I, I don't like when we're talking about um you know an, an extraneous subject it's not really relevant but i'm i'm a performer i'm a comedian as well and at this point like 
quite recently again, like within it's it's just like it's crazy as I talk to you right now, Yannick. To, to I feel like a different person, right? Like for me telling you this story, I just can't even sometimes imagine not only that it was me that I'm talking about, but how recently it was that I I had like a milestone moment a couple of Saturday nights ago, only like less than two weeks ago, that um, I returned to a place that the last time I had performed there in tears at the end of a performance that the audience had no idea I was in any way hampered by, because if you've heard maybe something, you know, people sometimes call it uh, Dr. Show, you might've heard of that. It, it exists in like a theater realm or in performance realms where like, no matter what sort of dire straits you're in, once the lights go up and they announce your name, you know, you're just like, ah, you come out and yeah, <laughs> just like yeah you're able to high kick and sing your high notes and be as you know as uh as as performance ready as you've ever been but like the adrenaline that, it's just literally like you've been ball batted by a gang of bikers in an alley right like yep. just literally like uh and and of course the, the other horrifying thing about it is the first time and this experience that i'm describing to you now is the first time that i realized that my my actual vocation, what I love to do more than anything in the world, my performing was also making me progressively more painful. So so suddenly my my actual like my one outlet of something that I love the most was was now like creating a situation where at the end of it and this again, this is less than a year ago. I had to tell that audience at the end of the show, I just like in tears, Yannick, like I didn't drop to my knees, but I just told them, I really can't believe I have to say this. And I thank you so much for being the wonderful audience that you've been tonight. And I just know in my heart that none of you, if you were questioned, would ever in a million years suspect that I am in debilitating, horrible agony right now. But I have to tell you plainly and frankly, I don't think I'll ever be able to do this again. This feels like the last show I will ever be able to perform. And that night, Yannick, it was about a four hour, three and a half, probably longer because of, of the condition I was in, drive home. And every time I saw a hospital sign flash up on a sign on the highway, and I like, if I can tell anybody, if you're driving out there, you know, I, I don't feel proud that I was even behind the wheel because, you know, you're looking for people drunk or on drugs yeah. or whatever. But I was like, I was in tears. I was literally. And when I say like white hot stabbing pain, I'm talking like you have taken like a spear in the back of the neck shoulder area. And uh, and I just every time I saw a hospital sign, I thought I'm going to have to pull over and go into accident and emergency and tell them, like, I, I need help. I need to, like, be put on a spine board here and, and given, you know, like either muscle relaxants or painkillers because I, I don't know if I can get home. And regardless, I, I got all the way home and then uh, I. Um, I ran into, uh, I, I, I don't know if I, like, I don't know if I'm going into depth. What, how long you. ago was it? How long ago was yeah. this, the culmination of the pain? This is like, this is like, uh, like November of, of 22. So not, oh, you not know, even like that. just about yeah. a year okay. ago, about a year ago. And you were already and, uh, doing like master cleanses and fast, like mild fasts prior to this. Oh yeah. 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 And that, yeah, it wasn't touching the sides of it at all. Like, 
Like, and in fact, now I'm remembering even, and thank you for that reminder. It's just like, how depressing was that? Mm -hmm. You know, the one sort of like intervention that I knew to do that. And I'm sure again, you know, some of your viewers will know, or certainly people familiar with dry fasting or water fasting will know like that progression of where your tongue starts to get cleaner, that wonderful feeling, whether you're three or four or five days, six days into a lemonade fast, you start to see, you know, the yellow, the brown leave your tongue and, you know, your cheeks start to get rosier and you just start to feel cleaner. And after, you know, the last one I did would have been almost in the same neighborhood not long after that, 14 days solid, you know, like kind of as far in as I knew an intervention could really like affect my system to do went through all the trouble of making like a vegetable broth, a vegetable stew afterwards that I added some broth to. So I'd gone through like all the, you know, sort of was really particular with the stages in a way that, you know, I'm sure some people remember if they've done the master cleanser, the lemonade diet, you know, in the old days, you just like uh, chase it with a burger, right? You, know, you did it for like 10 days and they're like, hey, let's have a falafel. You know, we haven't eaten for a day, uh, 10 days. And so, you know, I stuck to the protocol and of course, nothing helped at all. And And at this point, it's even, you know, insane for me again to think that it's even my own experience. But um, But up until this point, I thought that the pain in my shoulder and in my back was because I was just associating the deterioration that I'd experienced with my hip. I thought that's what was going on with my shoulder. And this is something, again, if people are self-diagnosing, to keep this in mind, to like really try to keep an open mind, because once you sort of fixate on something, and I'm sure, again, people can relate to particularly being on really strong painkillers, you know, you're, you're, you lose cognitive capability you lose ability to really like extrapolate your you know to be your own best uh um diagnoser of your issues so i i became like sort of tunnel visioned on the thought that that pain that i was feeling that i thought was in my shoulder yannick like i was just i'd roll around some people may be familiar with things called shiva lingams i've got these stones from india that are like you know like sort of a, a glorified tennis ball if some people maybe roll around on their back on a golf ball or a tennis ball to find relief i've got these large indian stones that um are of various sizes the biggest ones like you know a bit bigger than a football or a rugby ball and then the smallest ones about the size of an egg and each of them has a different sort of angle of impact almost like an acupressure or acupuncture type of attack and they can really you know they can give you relief and i would roll around on my shoulder and push it into my shoulder for hours on end and gain some relief but I was so fixated on it being my shoulder that I didn't realize that I was actually dealing with neck pain, Yannick. So this is like, you know, a massive breakthrough. So I've had my show. I've told the audience. I'm quite sure I won't be able to work again. I think I had like two or three other dates in the book at the beginning of January of, the, of this year. And um, and my friends were just like, you know, when you see the look on your friends' faces, you know, just that like... Uh, just like they can't believe that you're there doing the gig, you know, and, and really like freaked out for you. You get you see that sort of pain in friends eyes and, you know, they're talking to you about how you can fill out a disability form and try and get a special parking pass and, you know, all this type of um, like concern. But you're also interpreting how people are treating you 
with your own well-being and um and so i was going through the the you know sort of stages that it takes when you you're not like really flush with money as i'm not at the minute here in the uk where you um where you go through like the stages of uh i was in physio so i went to a physio doctor and i was i was basically you know I sh- I'm sure some people again can relate to where you just like I'm doing right now, Yannick, it feels so horrible, but just telling your damn story. <laughs> and if there's anything I can intervene right away to say is like, I know if anybody is bored to tears out there, I get it. Like I get it. And I also want you to know that like the worst thing for me, the very worst thing about my entire experience with arthritis and the healing process is just how hideously selfish it is. It's just constantly talking about yourself, constantly rotating up your own issues and your own, you know, maladies. And and, um, so I know that that's the case as much as like, like I'm trying to, to spread the word to proselytize just to help people again, to get back to like younger people, please intervene in your own situation. You don't want to be me. And, and, you know, so there I am like with this young doctor, a young physio doctor, and I'm telling him, you know, my shoulder's a mess and I've been working on it for a long time. And I just, I'm so glad that this happened, Yannick, that I, I told him about my sleeping positions. I told him about like how I have to use my bicep as a pillow on both sides. And, and, and uh, it was a real insight for him. He just said, you know, Oh, I, I think that it might not be shoulder pain that you have. And I was just like, you know, yeah, th- thanks, buddy. You know, <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting me know. And uh, I said, but why do you think that? And he said, well, because it seems like you telling me that you need like to stretch your arms above your head for comfort. That tells me that you're probably trying to elongate your spine. Ah, uh, yeah. And it's very likely that you have, you know, uh, spinal pressure rather than shoulder pressure. And it's again, like I, I this is like the tunnel vision of painkillers. And, and and in fact, not even just painkillers, but pain, you know, pain itself. And that's another thing that I hated about my life, like even up to, you know, we're talking about January. It's not like that long ago where you just like you're you're distracted. You know, you might want to do anything. You have dreams and hopes. You might be writing something. You, you know, you have Christmas cards to fill out, whatever the hell you're like have on the agenda. Suddenly, just like barely getting in the door and crawling into bed becomes like the biggest goal of your day in your life. So he's telling me this. And it only then just like the penny dropped for me that I realized, like, I can actually even right now, like I, I in front of that doctor could have just ripped off my shirt, like, you know, from the sides, like I was at the beach, you know, and I realized, although I couldn't like lift my head, I could move my arms. And it made me realize, like, I just hadn't really addressed the reality that the likelihood that my shoulder that I'd been rolling around on rocks and tennis balls and golf balls for like a number of years to try and to try and gain relief from obviously couldn't have been the problem just in terms of like the flexibility that it still had. So he he tells me this and um, then you go through about two and a half, three months to get to, I, I said, you know, okay, can we like, now that you have this new insight, can we start to pursue that as our like line of questioning? Can we look like at an MRI of where you think it might be in my neck that I have a problem? And again, another breakthrough, and this might, people might be thinking that you have the same issues. Another thing that I should have realized as well as the mobility of my shoulder, even though I was in such intense pain in my back was that my numbness that I would usually get in the morning 
And my paralysis was in both hands, Yannick. It was in both hands. It wasn't just, you know, down one shoulder, yeah. you know, to the hand on my left. It was both of them. So I would wake up sometimes with like, I'm like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. You know, I like wake up in the morning and I just like, eh. And um, so I asked the doctor, I said like, uh, you know, can we get an MRI to see if what you're hypothesizing is, is the case? And, uh, you know, that was another like, that was like three months, you know, that's how I didn't have the dough at the time. Like the first time that I got my back looked at, my hip looked at, it was like 400 quid, like, you know, 800 bucks or whatever US back in the old days. But now it's like, you know, like a grand. It's just like I couldn't afford it. So I'm on the waiting list. Yeah. And, uh, and then like, you know, two and a half, three months go by. I get the MRI done. So they look at my neck and then Yannick, it was again, like, uh, Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I couldn't get the MRI done because like the younger guy, the first doctor, I said, Oh, can we get the MRI done? And he's like, ah, I don't, I'm not authorized to do that. And I just, and I'm like, okay, what do we do now? And he said, I got to send you to our, our head of department, our head and neck guy has to confirm what I think I see, and then we can authorize the MRI. So like now we're adding like kind of six months to this. So we're sort of in the, you know, in the category of like, uh, it's, it's getting into April where it's the first time that the person who can really diagnose what's wrong gets to look at the inside of my neck. And I'll never, ever forget it. I don't remember exactly what day it was, Yannick, but the phone rang and the doctor on the phone said, I think you should pull over. You should be like parked. And I, you know, I said, I'm on speakerphone. He said, please, please park and just listen to this. And he uh, explained to me that I had on both sides of my neck, which of course explains the, um, the, the numbness in both hands, mm -hmm. uh, down both arms, uh, what are called spinal stenosis. And again, like, it's one of these things. It's funny as I, as I say this to you, that like, everyone around you is surprised Yannick but I'm just like I'm the guy that was told 10 years ago that I had bone growing all over the place and you can know for free that like my pursuit of the knowledge of what was ailing me extended itself to seeing like what the kind of where this leads to what you know what sort of things befall you if you've got like osteophytes growing all over where they shouldn't and one of the things I had read about is called the spinal stenosis and it's basically a closure in your vertebrae that uh, prevent your like uh, nerves, your nerve bundles, in this case, down both of my arms from having free passage. So you basically got bone impacting nerve. And uh, so they quickly put me up common? the ladder. Hey, is our spinal spin stenosis a common complication with with uh, systemic osteoarthritis, it, it somewhat is, yeah, to a degree. Like as soon as, if you've got like, again, you know, calcified deposits that are growing where they shouldn't in our, in our literally perfect systems, you know, other than our hips, actually, I got to call that, you know, I, I, I hope I haven't insulted everybody's God there. But if you like, you know, learn about hips, we got, we got bad hips. We like, mm -hmm. we shouldn't live past 32 if you're taking the, the quality and functionality of the average hip uh, engagement into mind. Uh, and particularly ladies' hips, unfortunately. We have bad hips. Sorry, sorry God. <laughs> sorry, you got to hear this, but you, you made some pretty crap hips on us. And uh, so, um, but, but when you've got like extra bone growing, stenosis are not uncommon. 
And um, so uh, so now I'm in a situation where, like, I go up the chain. I've seen the head of department. He's authorized the MRI. They've come back and said, yeah, we can see what your problem is. Then I start going in to get, like, uh, nerve, like uh, reflex tests, you know, where they put the pads on your fingers and, and particularly strength tests to find out, like, how diminished your capabilities are because of the pinch of the nerve in your neck or nerves in your neck. And then, uh, and then I thankfully got right up the chain to like the people who would operate on the stenosis in my neck, were they willing to do so? And they were phenomenal, Yannick. They mm -hmm. were just like really, you know, knowledgeable. They took lots of time with myself and my family, took us through the procedures. There's about six, which I'd looked into quite extensively. I won't get into it for the benefit of the, uh, you know, any of your viewers who might want to have lunch later, <laughs> like, but, but just to say of the like six techniques that are used and I had to have a giggle about it. They informed me of which technique that they were, they to go forward with the operations, which one they would use. And of course it was like, dude, just, ah, it was the nightmare on Elm street one, you know, just like, ah, like, no, you know, the, the worst access, direction and you know the sort of more uh, uh, tissue uh, disturbing uh, technique would have to be used and I, I, I still remember like turning to my family and I was like hey you know like you just it's always it's just one thing after another right so so there I was I was at a dead end Yannick I was told by you know the top of the department that like with your with your age and and the condition that I'm looking at on the MRI on your scan I just will not risk that. He just said really placidly, really solemnly, he said, if I screw up, like even slightly with you, and again, mm -hmm. this is where I found out that the material that they're working with is really difficult to work with. He said, if I screw up, I just don't, I don't even know anyone on earth who can help you. I don't know where I could possibly send you. So I, I was right there. You can only imagine the level of depression that came over me, Yannick, to just realize I'm like, I'm at a dead end. I've been told by the head of department, I am like inoperable. I can't go further with this. And all, you know, and uh, I'm sure some of your listeners would know, but if anybody's not familiar with arthritis, the first thing you learn about it, and I learned 10 years ago, it's a, uh, it, it's a progressive, incurable bone disease. And including what this, you know, surgeon team of surgeons, in fact, his assistant was there too. They tell you that like all that's going to happen in your life now is going to get worse and you're going to need more painkillers to deal with it. You are is, on a progressive Is that all arthritis? Is that every arthritis case? Uh, I know that you can no. sort of stall it, right? You with like placanil. I know that rheumatoid arthritis uses hydroxychloroquine as sort of like a stabilizer. But I'm assuming, does that mean that almost every arthritis case can either be slowed down and never reversed? As far as modern medicine, allopathic medicine believes, where it's at is not going to be in any way reversed. And this is actually, this is quite... Were you on that medication, uh, um, by the way? Were you on hydroxychloroquine? No, I, as I, I have osteo, not rheumatoid. And this is a oh, funny one. Like, so rheumatoid is more autoimmune. Yeah, well, they're both autoimmune, as is gout. They're in oh, the same category. Okay. But for whatever reason, and that was something that I was hoping that I could broach for yourself as well, is that when you see, like, particularly the Russian studies, you know, which is what uh, I, for our shame, 
uh, very often have to refer to because, as you know, you know, our Western side hasn't really, uh, you know, you and I are at the, at the fore of this as far as like the West goes, that um, they don't ever mention osteoarthritis in their like curative categories, which they do with rheumatoid, which right. creates a, a very um, interesting dichotomy for me to sort of have to deal with because I have learned over years prior to my dry fasting uh, protocols that um, I, you know, one of the main reasons I don't talk in public about my arthritis is because I know that within the populace, that there's going to be people with rheumatoid arthritis out there. And like, as soon as you like start to talk about arthritis, someone with rheumatoid will put their hand up. And before you know it, you're just like, sorry that you ever opened your mouth, you know, as far as like the hideousness, the, the pain, the, the progression, the destruction, the, the desperation, you know, the number of people I know with rheumatoid arthritis that are just literally okay, like yes. laying on their back and please do anything to me. I'm up for any experiment that you have because I'm just at my wits end with this agony, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, fused joints, for example, you know, just like those kind of interventions. So I basically, you know, believe or was led to believe that osteoarthritis, similarly to what allopathic medicine says, is at a dead end as far as like uh, um, progression or, or, you know, success in reversing goes. And this is what, what again, I, I think this is where I am at with my own investigations at the fore of that I don't know if I have reversed any of the like specifics of the of like the bone structure that is is a large part of my situation, my my ailments. But but as far as like symptomatically, Yannick, I have I have immeasurably metamorphically miraculously changed my life like like I am. And again, like it feels like an out of body experience as I talk to you to tell you the, the stories that I told you about, like even how recently I didn't ever think I'd be able to perform again. At, at that time, I was I was also on painkillers to again an extraordinary degree uh, like at the at the edge of what would destroy my my liver and and including uh like at the threshold of that so basically 2000 milligrams of paracetamol three times a day that's but what i was, I was going also... to ask actually i was going to ask that when you mentioned opiates what yeah. were you actually on because a lot of people who are on benzos or opiates are considering dry fasting and they're really scared of how yep. is that going to interact? I'll bet. Well, if I can, you know, please get off of them, please. Like, you know, and particularly even like paracetamol, one of my, you know, not main, but one of my auxiliary interests of the dry fast was to get paracetamol out of my system. So I, I don't even feel as much like I, I feel like opiates you know, for whatever their ills are, which are manifold, I don't feel that they're as insipid as far as like their their entrance into you structurally in a way that I believe paracetamol is. I may be speaking out of turn there. I don't have the expertise or knowledge to know that, but there's a bit of me that really like I get an itchiness when I even think that I had paracetamol near me, let alone to the degree that I had it. And I only had it 
because it was attached to the Kokoda mall, which I don't know if they give in the States, but like you're dealing with 500 milligrams of paracetamol that are married in a pill or a tablet to 30 milligrams of, uh, of uh, morphine or opiate. So, so I basically was getting the benefit of the opiate only if I thresholded my, my ability to, to take in that much paracetamol. And, and it got to the point where I like, I tried to get away from that because the agony I was in was just gross. And I, I took like great pains. It was a huge effort to finally get opiates in the form of Zoromorph, uh, as it's called over here, slow release morphine, first in 30 milligram and then in 60 milligram tablets to, um, to replace or to augment the, um, the cocodamols that I was taking. They told me to get off of them, but I think anybody out there knows that you know, you're, when you're in pain, you just grab whatever tool you have at your disposal. And um, so, you know, there there I was in just like this, I'm condemned now. Uh, and in fact, it was hard to admit to the to the, the surgeon. And he was, again, he was just so wonderful in allaying my sort of anxieties that like by the time I went to see him for surgery, I wasn't in as much agony as I was, for example, when I was driving home from the gig, let's mm -hmm. say, right? So, you know, you, you're in these like acute flare up type situations and you're just, you know, in, in apoplectic pain where you can't even focus. And then like, you know, two months later when you're actually at the appointment to deal with the reason that you came into the system to begin with, you're not in as much agony. Although like they, they still look at you like they can't believe you can function because you can't lift your head or, you know, kind of like walk normally. But at the same time, I, you know, I had to admit to the guy, I just said, I'm not like in the same agony that I was in, like, you know, when this manifested most recently. And I feel like sort of a charlatan to be here, like asking of your services when I don't feel I'm in as dire straits as I was like even, you know, a few months ago. And this guy was just like, you know, that that's normal. To, just so you're aware, like this is kind of what you're going to be looking at through your life and forever now. You're going to be dealing with these like, you know, flare ups where you're, you're going to be unable to hold your head up or get out of bed or, you know, all the things that you're feeling. So so I realized, OK, you know, that was that was a nice thing to hear from him. But it's also like it's literally I would say, honestly, it feels like a death sentence to tell you that. And then I just uh, I reached the point where I thought I started to read about the benefit of um, I, I first of all uh, saw um the benefit of like a, a keto diet to bring down, you know, to, to bring down systemic inflammation. And actually one of the things that I'm most, and some of your, you know, viewers might also be attracted to that I first started to think about was um, I saw the benefit of, uh, of the um, suggestion that the systemic uh, stem cell release is is a benefit of, of particularly a dry fasting protocol mm -hmm. and i remembered at that time like back in my snowboarding days yannick i thought like back in the old days i was looking when i had a bit of dosh i was thinking of going to mexico and and uh, having my own blood harvested to get my own stem cells injected into at that time my you know yet to be operated on hip yeah myself and a couple of buddies were looking at you know old snowboarding guys were just talking in parking lots was like yeah, we gotta get ourselves to mexico we just need 30 grand a piece we might get a deal if we all go in together and they like you know they uh filter your blood for a couple of months 
and then inject it, as I'm sure some people are aware, yep. has shown great benefit to injecting it acutely into your, your bodily issues, your let joints. Me, let me so just quickly I, I, say I something. Let me just say, hey. jump in really fast. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about the stem cells, um, this is something that I know that Filinov has started doing or advising recently. After someone completes a longer dry fast, so five days and up, the stem yeah. cell regeneration is supposed to continue for a few weeks. And after yeah. three weeks, he says that you can go to your doctor and have your blood drawn and then injected into your sites, your problem sites to use uh, basically a free version of stem cell regeneration acute uh, directly into the problem sites wow wow yeah i didn't what want to forget that that you just brought that back uh, that memory wow that's so amazing well there i was i i started to think i was looking at going to mexico and blowing you know 30 grand exactly on and 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 if there's a way that i and this is the magic of this as i'm sure you're so aware and some of my friends who fast as well it's just like unbelievable we look at each other every once in a while and just like you literally do nothing like, <laughs> like like the greatest thing that you can do to help yourself medically, systemically, you know, energetically is absolutely zero. Like literally not only not going to Mexico, not only not spending 30 grand, literally like doing absolutely nothing. There's and a how, quote, you know, there's, a quote that, that, there's a quote that that says uh, perfection is achieved not when there is nothing more to add, but when there is nothing left to take away. I just thought that uh, that that correlates exactly <laughs> yeah. to what you're talking about. It's incredible. It's incredible. So so I just thought, you know, I had that breakthrough. I thought, well, if I can, first of all, what needs to happen, I thought the majority of my pain, because now I'm in this situation, as mentioned, I know that my agony is coming from nerve on bone. I now know that the interface of my issues, including my paralysis in both hands, is coming from an, uh, uh, um, not a mobility issue or a soft tissue incursion or pressure because of like a swollen muscle, but because bone is now impacting directly on nerve. And I thought like the only way I can deal with this, the only way I can affect this, Yannick, is to bring down my systemic inflammation. And then again, I started to read about like the benefit of, uh, of the stem cell storm, as I like to call it, or that release, which I, I, I don't know the study, but as you mentioned just now, I, to my knowledge, they have done studies on the, on the stem cell release, not just stem cells, but also the, the, um, the, the stem cells, the, like, uh, the, the ones that make other stem cells, mm -hmm. which are like within the stem cells spectrum, even more uh, like specific. muse stem cells. There's muse ones and they're pluripotent and yeah, there's a few different yeah. ones, but yeah, once you get well, them going, they just keep replicating. This, to my knowledge, they've done study on that they know that at six months that it's still proliferating. And I believe that they don't know beyond that only because that was the scope of the study. So, you know, the, the, the likelihood is that they're probably, you know, continuing to proliferate, particularly if you're keeping your protocols up and not abusing yourself afterwards. But regardless, I thought, OK, well, I'll bring down my systemic inflammation because I need to like I need to get pressure from bone off of nerve. 
And then I read about the stem cell release, which I thought, well, that's going to be amazing. I also thought like at my age, I'm 54. I thought like, I want testosterone. Mm -hmm. I want like, you know, my, my um, energy levels up. I want my metabolic rate to be strong. I want my, my cognitive function, my brain function to be strong. All of these different interfaces that I was seeing that dry fasting was supposed to be benefiting you from were all things like, I'm just like, check check you know every it's until you get to cortisol is the only thing that you like for a moment you know sort of start to question and then um so so i knew it was kind of i didn't have the fortitude to do it but i saw that on the horizon that it was something i could do and i uh so i first of all knew that i needed to get like sugar completely out of my life complex carbohydrates you know uh, um uh, just garbage food essentially so i i did that first of all by a, a three-day water fast so that i you know was bringing sort of uh in, intervening in my own future by um by wanting to work towards dry fasting just by having the shock be lessened in terms of um like changing my dietary habits and then i had about six weeks between my first three-day water fast, and I was going to go in for a, a second water fast, which um, I, I thought, again, is just getting me closer to dry fasting. And on day two, Yannick, I just thought uh, I was going for the third day of, of water fasting, and I, I was starting to like, and it wasn't even like garbage food I was looking forward to. I was starting to look forward to like, uh, I, I thought, I'm going to break my fast with a can of sardines. You know, this is the kind of level of like austerity that I was in. And then, and then I was again, like reading about dry fasting. And I just realized that, that I, I didn't want to be in this like roller coaster of urge and craving and urge and craving, whether it was like, whether it was donuts or brownies or sardines, I didn't want to be somebody who like, what am I looking forward to the next water fast that I do where I'm like craving, you know, a, a bucket of eggs or something like it's just I, I thought this is like part of my problem. My problem is my my neural pathways are leading me to a feast and famine type behavior. And of course, as I'm sure you're abundantly aware, I started to read about the benefit, particularly of extended therapeutic dry fasting on urges. I started to see it healing, uh, you know, particularly uh, cigarette smoking, particularly alcoholism. And I just thought this is what actually I need as well as my systemic benefits. I need my brain to be like in back in my control again. I need it to be something that I'm in charge of again. And um, so I was two days and this is the bit we spoke uh, just or emailed back and forth. If there's anything that I wouldn't recommend, <laughs> there's anything, we were talking about that. Uh, this is a mistake that I feel like I made where I entered into my first dry fast from a water fast. And I know that like there, you know, there's, there's a suggestion to not do that. I would concur with that. It's the only kind of, you know, thing that I look forward to changing with my next dry fast. Did but, you experience um, anything, any con like negative effects from doing that? Because usually I don't see a big problem with doing a few days water first before you jump in. It's really meant yeah. for really depleting your body on a very long water fast and jumping into dry, which is super not recommended. I don't know because I don't have a comparative like personal experience with it. But my suspicion is that the difficulty of my fifth day dry fast had at least some... Uh, some knock on of the depletion that perhaps the two days water fast leading in 
uh, you know, manifested. Right. Again, uh, possibly, I, yeah. But you possibly. also have to take into consideration that the first dry fasts, no matter what, activate new mechanisms that your body needs to adapt to, and that's why you're not supposed to go too deep on dry fast. So, it, the lines are blurred there. Maybe the water fast didn't do too much, but definitely your first dry fasts are going to be rougher and it gets easier and easier as you clean your body and it gets adapted to these dehydration mechanisms. Okay. Well, that's, I look forward to having that comparative study because I, I went in with the two-day water fast, but I also, if I were to do it again, which I intend to, I'm going to go in with uh, fruit to begin with, mm -hmm. with a, like uh, at least the two, but probably three-day fruit fast before going in. And I also carried throughout, and I don't, you know, don't want to get too gross for your viewers, but um, I, I carried Please. a meal. <laughs> I carried a meal with me that I, you know, and I felt so silly as well, Yannick, because as mentioned, my familiarity with the, with the master cleanser, the lemonade fast meant that I, like, I'm very knowledgeable, particularly with, um, with the, with the cleansing, you know, the, the salt water mm -hmm. cleanse. So I like, if I did go in without a fruit fast to begin with, I would definitely do a saltwater cleanse before, uh, just so I'm like a clean skin on the inside before going into the dry fast. Because I, I feel like I made a, I, I was a little diamond, you know, I, I was a little diamond factory. And I, I like, I'm not happy that I, I had like that tea bag inside me to whatever degree it may, it may have been leaching into my system while I was ostensibly trying to, you know, be as clean as I, I could be. So, so that would be like something I'd recommend right away to not do. But there I was, I was two days into the water fast and I just thought like, I don't want these urges anymore. I don't want these cravings. I'm going to try like, like you suggested, I'm sure many people know, you know, try 12 hours, try 24 hours, you know, dip your toe in a bit. But again, you know, with my experience of fasting, I didn't, and everybody knows this isn't like, you know, fasting isn't an ego game or it certainly shouldn't be as far as why you're pursuing it or, you know, why you're doing it. But I also thought that like, uh, I, there was just a bit of me, maybe an arrogant bit of me where I just thought I can get through 24 hours without eating or drinking. Like it's nothing. And I, I, you know, I told myself that again, I didn't want to like, you know, I don't throw a gauntlet down to myself because again, that's not why you're there to do it. But I just thought, I don't know that it's going to be that difficult. And I got through that first 24 hour period. And I just thought, you know, I could definitely do 36, like it's nothing. And by the time I got to 36, I knew I could do 48. And then of course, as I'm sure many people experience, there's nothing to do when you're dry fasting, except read about the effects of dry fasting. Right. And then, and then once you start to read about the benefits that you're, you know, that you're coming into, and at the same time, feeling like you're just becoming a furnace of healing, you know, you're starting to feel that buzz and you're starting to feel all the things that you hear about, you know, the, the, the time you hurt your knee when you were 10 or you, the foot you broke when you were in grade four and, you know, everything starts to like uh, almost like a radar system heat up around you. And uh, and then, like, I'll tell you, Yannick, it's still like this is one of the most miraculous moments in my life. Day three, 72 hours in. And bear in mind, I've been given like the I, I, the gavel has dropped on me. My arthritis is inoperable. 
It's only going to get worse. I'm dedicated to a life of painkillers. I'm, uh, and this is something that people will run into. And I, I would recommend doing this before I did. On day three, I started to look at like the refeed, you know, which of course is so very important. But I started to look at um, going to buy the ingredients, which I can only tell you when you haven't eaten or drank anything for three days. And bearing in mind, like I, you know, I was following, including your own protocols, suggestion of I was walking upwards of like close to eight miles seven miles at least a day you know i wasn't like like hiking up mountains or anything but i was like steadily staying active and you know doing my my route in the countryside just to like you know to keep the keep the uh, system moving you know keep the keep the pump going and uh, so on day three i went to go uh, grocery shopping which again you know when you haven't eaten for like you know two and a half days just everything smells wonderful and you know everything that if, you, if you're used to you know how you feel when you are even just shopping when you're hungry how much that can affect what you put in your shopping basket after three days you know the cusp of three days of not eating or drinking I went to go buy the bones for the bone broth and, um, and you know, an assortment of uh, root vegetables and uh, to, to put in. But as I was on my way there, Yannick, this is like one of the most seminal moments of my life. It's I'll take this absolutely with me forever. I was walking across the road. I still remember exactly where I was. I had noticed the night before, and this is something that like, again, when you get in that chronic illness type of mind space, you, you even forgo that you're starting to feel better. You start to like, you, you, you second guess or doubt that you could be in any way, you know, healing or benefiting. But I did think I noticed the night before. So on day two, 48 hours in on the cusp of the third day, I thought, I'm like, I think I can like, sleep in a few different positions. I'm quite, as I'm sure many arthritic people can relate to, I'm quite restricted in what side I can sleep on and, you know, how long I can hold a position for without the pain, you know, preventing sleep. And I just thought, wow, I think, I think I can actually like put my arm up a bit higher or I can like stretch myself out a bit. So I had that kind of insight to it. But then there I was, I went to go buy groceries day three was walking across the road at like kind of a 45 degree angle. And I heard like tires screech from a, from as they call in the UK, a roundabout over here, like a, a traffic circle. And whether it was like a screech of a tire or like a honk or so, something like caught my ear, you know, that, that like survival sense kicked in. And Yannick, I like, I spun my head like I'm, I like I can do right now. I like, I like, it reminded me of being on a motorbike like, like 10 years before, like before my arthritic problems, like suddenly I could do a shoulder check, like as a, as like a reflexive habit. And, and I knew right away at that point, oh, holy, like, I, you know, this is something that I had for months been going into physio to the, the beginning of physio would be like, can you move your head? And I'd just go through this, like, you know, kind of, ah, ah. Ah, cranking it over one way or the other. But now suddenly, like, as I'm in front of you now, I'm this guy. And, oh, and on that. day three, <laughs> on day three, I spun my head around Yannick and I was just like, whoa. And then, and then realized like, you know, essentially, as you know, day four and day five are just like day three some more. You yeah. know? Like they're just like, like all of the good stuff that you're feeling is going to be like, you know, further and further beneficial. And then, you know, I, I thought uh, each day, I just thought I, I'm silly to get to the threshold this far and not continue on. And I did. And it's just now like 
it, it's changed my life, Yannick. It's taught, it, I'm a different person than I was, you know, even a, a couple of months ago. That was in mid-August. And since then, like... So how far did I, you go? Five days. Including and, water? No, two two days with water. So I did seven days without uh, without eating. Right. And five days in total without drinking. And... Uh, and then, uh, and then I was very conscious of the refeed. I went back in with, um, with, uh, uh, kefir and, uh, and mm-hmm. nuts and, um, and, uh, just yogurt. And, uh, and then I had my, my bone broth, which a lot of people maybe wouldn't have, but I think I, I'd recommend, I put in a lot of vegetables, Yannick. I put in tons of like leeks and garlic and, uh, turmeric and uh onions and like just everything that i know already is good for me i just i put that in so it was quite rich and it wasn't just like the bone broth that i was um that i you know had at the end of it and and probably drank that like whenever i wanted as regularly as i could for about i think it lasted like three or four days made a huge huge vat of it and um and then uh was like pretty quickly exercise i was already exercising but like because i had that and i'm sure some people can relate to like once that much weight comes off you you know things like pull-ups and push-ups you just feel like you're like a kid again you know suddenly your 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 strength hasn't diminished that much but your weight has gone down appreciably so Mm -hmm. suddenly i was like i was hitting markers as i continue now I'm like, I don't know if as I'm equitably as strong as, cause I was bigger in my thirties, but like, I'm, I'm hitting way more push-ups than I ever have in my life, hitting way more pull-ups than I ever have in my life. My overall like strength is at least as, as strong as I was in my thirties, which is just literally incredible. Right. And I, I feel like a million bucks. The first two nights of sleep, Yannick, you must remember that. Like, you know, especially as a comedian, somebody who like always ate late at night, always like for literally like 30 plus years of my life, I would be in any town you can mention looking for the latest Indian restaurant that's able to serve that I can sit down for. So suddenly for the first time ever in my life experience, well, uh, other than the other, like uh, the other fast, but they weren't like austerity fasts in the way like that the dry fast is Mm -hmm. that, um, that I, I, on the, particularly on the first two nights, I'd say the third and fourth, uh, fifth night, my sleep was probably more adversely affected by by the austerity of the fast at that on point. the fast yeah that's normal insomnia kicks in but we're talking about the great sleeps right during the refeed right or during the, the no, first the, days no the okay. first the first the, night one and night two were like miraculous sleeps mm-hmm. like like waking up fuzzy all over like that a little bit out of sorts to not know exactly where you were, but realizing that you've been really deeply away. That was like, and then of course I began to read about that and realize like, yeah, that's why you, you don't eat at night. All these different hormones are involved and you know, you're, you're regenerating. It's better to go to sleep on an empty stomach. So, so even now, like now I integrate this into my shows, which have way more energy in them. Mm-hmm. I'm not on like a glucose roller coaster. I, I water fast every performance day now up to like showtime, which is like incredible. And, uh, I'm just like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a different 
person entirely. Amazing. It's just been an, a revolutionary experience. And I only look forward to doing like uh, the next one. I want to do, uh, I'll definitely be looking at trying to do another five day. I can't, um, I, I can't imagine at this point not having uh, the ability to do so, but definitely, like I always encourage people when they talk to me about it, I'm, you know, sort of suggest that day three is really where things miraculously happen for me. And again, like this is something I've, you know, I've been told I've been condemned. I've been condemned. And now like suddenly there's this, this protocol. And, and this is what I wanted to actually talk with you about is that, um, you know, I don't know why, my neck can spin the way it can now. I don't know exactly what the mechanism that's taken place. In my heart of hearts, I wish that these like uh, osteophytes or, or calcium deposits are starting to like be reabsorbed into my body. I hope that one day that's possible. I don't know if that's the case, but I have been looking at the type of autophagy that exists now. And again, something that I've been told from, from the first day of my diagnosis with arthritis is that uh, cartilage cannot be regenerated, but that's just not true. Mm -hmm. We now know that like there's definitely an, an autophagy process that's regenerating, you know, on a, on a, um, right. The stem cells. A, yeah. Like yeah. we already know that people uh, claim miraculous benefits from getting stem cell injections. And we already know that that's one of the only ways to actually regrow some cartilage. Yeah. So that, you know, that in itself is already counter what you're told, you know, in terms of, uh, the, the progressive and incurable aspect of arthritis. So I don't know what's happened to me. I don't know why I have more mobility now. I don't know. Um, but I also know I'm entirely off of painkillers. I have no like painkillers at all. I know that I don't wake up in agony. I know that I have a myriad of positions that I can sleep in. I know that I can put my head right back. So I don't have like mobility issues that I used to have. So, uh, you know, in terms of like what my, um, what the actual bare bones effect of, of the five day dry fast has done for me, it's been transformational. It's utterly, and, and as you can imagine as well, and I'm sure, you know, people can relate to, it just changes your entire outlook uh, at life when you, you know, believe that you have a future to begin with. You believe that you're going to be around for a few years and active while you're there which, you know, I, I probably didn't really have for a bit. It's probably harder on your mind than anything else mm -hmm. to be told that what you have is inoperable and it's incurable and it's, you know, irreversible, unreversible. You know, these are just like, these are very negative words to, to hear and to impact your, your psychological outlook. So, you know, I, I, um, I, I proselytize, you know, I tell as many people as I can. And again, as mentioned earlier in the conversation, when I'm speaking to younger people particularly, and they tell me they got sore knees or, you know, sore hips or a sore shoulder, I just as, as plainly as possible, try and tell them to attack yourself internally with your diet, like deal with it now, get like, get the most damaging aspects of your life away from you in terms of what you're putting in your mouth and feeding yourself you know it it's just um it's just not worth being me it's not worth being me it's not worth having the pain that i've gone through it's not worth going th through the the type of painkillers that i've had to come off of you know um several times now opiate and they're not even addictions i've been able to like 
uh, following both of my operations, I've been able to come off of, um, you know, my painkillers, but, but it's only dry fasting that's maintained that, you know, I, I, for, I, for when I was, uh, post the five day fast, I would still keep like a, a security blanket of, of painkillers in my pocket, Yannick, just like, even though I wasn't in pain, I was still so haunted by the pain that, often manifested that I would keep it as like a like a first aid kit mm -hmm. and it's only been very recently that I just don't even carry painkillers around you know and and that's just only been fasting and I, I keep that uh, ball in the air with uh, I now intermittent fast I also if you wanted to talk about um, I think it's experimental but I I subscribe to it I now work out in a dry fasted state so I yeah. intermittent fast and I work out at the end of it. I, I'm very uh, specific again because of my my age. Uh, I I don't do anything more than a 40, 45 minute workout. I don't want to be dealing with systemic inflammation. Mm -hmm. I try and do that high intensity. I do uh, something people are probably familiar with called Tabata. So I'll, I'll do like, uh, you know, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off for four minutes. And, uh, and that like, it, it seems to be enough to inspire strength growth and, and muscle growth. So again, I do that at the end of like 20 hours of not eating or drinking. How often? And then I do that like three times a week. And I'm actually thinking of doing it less than that, Yannick, because I'm finding I just recently had an injury and after about a month. I came back and after only two like sort of uh, two kind of warm up workouts, I then did a personal best after like a month of no working out. Mm -hmm. I, I did three like, you know, uh, two introductory kind of getting back into it, like easy workouts. And then on the third one, I did like I basically beat my push up record by seven. So like I realized that I was probably prior to that because I was doing my old schedule would be always a day of rest. So like I'll do, um, and I only do, I do push-ups and pull-ups or push-ups and chin-ups. I alternate between those three types of exercises because to me that like kind of covers everything. And I'm for the first time this week starting to integrate squats, which I realized oh, nice. from the pain that they've yeah. given my legs that I I've been missing a trick there. So I feel silly that I've like missed out on that, <clears throat> but regardless, um, I've, I've found that like taking a rest day in between. So actually I can go straight through it for you. I would do like, uh, for example, at the end of a dry fast schedule. So like on hour 20, I would do a 40 minute, 45 minute, uh, pick a variety of different types of push-ups. So I'll choose one, you know, whether it's incline, decline, or, um, you know, wide, wide or diamond or whatever. I'll do that for 40 minutes. And then my next day, so I'll like feed myself immediately after the dry fast window workout. Then the next day is basically a feed day. So no fasting, you know, like consciousness of, of what I'm eating, but like spreading out my meals. And then the third day is again. So on the night of the second day, I go into dry fast protocol once again. So I've, I've hydrated and I've eaten, but I don't eat or drink again until the third day. And then I would do like a normal sort of like pull up or chin up protocol type workout. So just like, um, you know, pyramids or repetitions of the same type of pull up or chin up. 
And again, nothing more than 40, 45 minutes. And then immediately feed myself after that. Then on the you know fourth day, eating all day. So feeding myself. And then fifth day, again, into a dry fast schedule. So that I was maintaining. I experimented one time and I'd heard that it was a good thing to do. I experimented one time with doing a workout at the end of a 36-hour dry fast. And I found, Yannick, that it, it um, I'm just going to say it out loud, I didn't like my poos. <laughs> just like, I felt like it was just uh, like uh, that extra 12 hours made things drier and less sort of, uh, you know, I felt like I wasn't functioning very well. Mm-hmm. And I then sort of thought, is a 24-hour dry fast workout going to be that much less you know, uh, uh, effective than a 36 hour. I just thought I don't really need that level of extremity right now. And then again, most recently that I, I maintained that for like, you know, sort of three months ish. And, um, and then with the injury, I realized that I was probably plateauing a little bit and that I, I was just, uh, you know, again, I have to accept I'm 54. I'm, I'm older. I'm not sleeping as well as, you know, I might've when I was younger, I probably don't have the testosterone levels that I used to. So I think it's just like uh, totally a normal thing to accept that um, I need more rest in between my workouts. So I'm not really, you know, once you reach that point where you're not afraid that you're going to stop working out or you're going to stop exercising, I'm not there at all. I really enjoy like the strength it gives me and the vitality it gives me. So I'm not in that place where I feel like having even a two day rest is like you know the the idea that I'm going to down tools and never do another push up in my life. So I'm I'm not in that kind of mind space, but I am in a space where I really want to like. I'm out of time, Yannick. I'm out of time. I don't have any time to like. Uh, I can't make you know more massive uh, uh, health mistakes in my life. So I um, I'm going to go into a more like sort of uh, dry fast into a workout and then have two days of recovery and then dry fast into another workout and have two days of recovery. And again, it's, it seems to work pretty well that, um, you know, push-ups are, are a full body thing and pull-ups are really like, if you can do a few pull-ups, it helps your biceps as well as your back and, you know, your whole, uh, your ab, abdominal wall benefits. That's something that was like a real, even a, a surprise insight of just realizing like even push-ups, how much they work your abs, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, they're such a basic thing. But when you realize like where your power is coming from, it's through your whole, uh, your whole body. And um, I'm just, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep that dream alive until, uh, until I'm in the dirt. Cause I'm just, um, I feel like I have a new lease on life and I'm, I'm really excited. I've got a, a tour of uh, Scotland coming up this next month. I'm uh, from the 1st of December until the 14th. I've got uh, about 10 dates across the top of Scotland and I can't wait to do water fasts on every day, Yannick. And like, just to have like the energy on stage that no longer again is dependent upon the, the roller coaster of like, just, it seems crazy to me that I needed a snack before. Mm-hmm. I always would have thought like, oh, I, I, I'm going to be on stage for an hour, maybe an hour more. You know, I'm quite commonly, I do quite long shows and I'd be like, oh, I got to eat. Mm-hmm. I got to eat for sure. You know, in the old days, that would just be like, oh, I at least need a banana or a granola bar or something. Do you take like, nothing, nothing whatsoever? 
Is that your plan? No energy yeah, drink or yeah, uh, yeah, the nicotine? Last, like, sort of, the last half dozen shows I've done, they've been entirely, and, and partly as well as you know, for the clarity. I love the clarity of the fasting, you know, the feeling mm. of fasting, although I wouldn't like, because I don't want the dehydration of a dry fast on a performance day. Yeah. But I that's definitely, smart. I definitely like, uh, the, um, and, and on a couple of them, I've had like uh, fresh squeezed orange juice, for example. So I'm not completely like food free, but, mm -hmm. um, but I'm enjoying the, uh, the lack of, um, necessity of having my energy come from the thing I just ate 20 minutes ago. Yeah. And I'd want to jump know? in and, and just say, um, some people think that the, some people will try to do something like a one meal a day where they dry fast the whole day and then they'll eat their meal and they yeah. do that daily because they start to think they notice all these beautiful benefits and they try and harness it into a daily sort of thing. But yeah. you do have to be aware that dehydration is a risk. We're using it here therapeutically. And I like how you mentioned you'll take a two day break in between to rehydrate. That is yeah. an important thing to do because okay. you can overly dehydrate yourself by doing daily one meal a day when you're instead of doing a water fast for your intermittent fast you do a dry and then there's yeah. been somebody i think there was a not a study but there was somebody who has been dry fasting for over 10 years or 20 years and he wow. actually did that where he ate once a day a small meal with a little bit of water and Otherwise, he would go dry fasting for the rest of the day for something like a 23-hour cycle. And he actually ended up passing away. Um, it was after maybe 10 or 20 years. But when they did an aut autopsy on him, they noticed that there was dehydration damage on his organs. Wild. So it is, wow. it is a beautiful, miraculous tool. But uh, some people need to be aware that you can't go too crazy on it, right? Yeah. And yeah, yeah daily dehydration well, I, is not advised. For, that might be yeah, just, long that term. might just be my age, Yannick. You know that I'm just at that point where, like, I've 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 already been um, conscious of not being too extreme because you know I I do realize I don't I don't get as regenerative a sleep. I know that like if I'm gaining strength. I'm going to need more recovery than a younger me would have. So all those things are kind of like accounted for. And, and, um, and that's maybe, you know, that's very definitely why I've decided to, um, to pursue the frequency particularly of, um, of the, of the therapy of it and the, and the exercise associated with it, you know, mm -hmm. that's also like, I, I'm really encouraged by that side of it, that I thought that the human growth hormone release was like, uh, you know, inspiring to me, the testosterone release was inspiring to me. And, and I like, you know, I like the strength and vitality of a, of, of a younger man, you know, I like, uh, I like feeling like it, it certainly helped my depression you know, just um, every once in a while, you you know, life gets you down, as as I'm sure everybody can relate to. And and if you just sort of feel like, well, at, at least I'm quite strong and well nourished, you know, there's just a tiny bit of a boost that you can, you know, it's like an internal, um, you know, sort of uh, um, it's like a self compliment almost, if I can say so. 
you know, where you just think like things could be a lot worse. Like I, I could be, I could just be laying on the couch eating Doritos and, you know, thinking about my first water fast, but I'm like not there at all. I'm, I'm in a completely different place. And that, that just feels like amazing. It just feels amazing. And I can only encourage people to, um, to try your, you know, try your first one for sure. It's always, I think, easier, especially when you're talking to people who are familiar with water fasting or even like that, you know, it's not uh, an uncommon thing that people are utterly familiar with intermittent fasting. Yeah. And I just suggest to them, it's like, why, why don't you just try, like, if you're doing intermittent fasting anyway, do an 18 hour, just, just don't drink too see you know see how it feels for you i mean it's a hard sell even then but i it is i remember 10 or 15 years ago where intermittent fasting and water fasting was considered absolutely crazy it it still shocks me absolutely and i concur with that that like you know a lot of times like the people i was mentioning earlier where they tell me that they've got like a sore knee or a sore leg or whatever and i suggest like even a like a teeny bit of what we've discussed today, Yannick, and they're just like, <laughs> like there's no way they're going to do it. There's just like no way at all. And But the other phenomenon that I like about it, and I've heard it suggested in fasting forums as well, is that like when you, you know, you're now queued up for your uh, coffee in a coffee shop and you see all the confectionaries in front of you, I now feel the way that I've, again, seen people discuss on fasting forums where it just doesn't even look like food to right. me. It doesn't even look like food to me. Like it's a it's beautiful not even like, side effect. It's not like a conscious, you know, it, it, I, I'm not reviled by it, but it's just like not on the menu. Yep. You know, it just, and, and then, you know, for me, it's just like all I feel and see when I like see a, you know, a piece of tiramisu or a, you know, a, a, a caramel cake or whatever. I, for me, Yannick, I just see like agonizing pain, right? <laughs> that's, that's all that that represents to me is just like a knife in my neck, in the back of my neck. That's exactly what like a, a big sugary sweet appears to be to me. It just, ah! I, I immediately, as soon as I see it, I just like, ah, you know, I go, I, I almost psychosomatically, you know, manifest being stabbed in the back of the neck. Cause it's just, like that's that's what it does to my system and and unfortunately you know people who aren't aware of that don't realize it's also doing to their system it mm -hmm. just hasn't manifested yet and i that's a, that's something i'm sure you run into this as well it shocks me like i've got a couple of everyone does actually i've got like a half dozen friends who are like in a messianic they're in a mess that you're like, I, you know, I could name off myriad issues that each has, but, but they're not doing the same fasting protocols that I chose to do to like, I, you know, I hate even to, I don't want to breathe it out loud to jinx it, but to literally heal myself. And, and it just, it, it, it confounds me because I'm just like, what kind of agony do you have to be in? Yeah. Like you want to shout it from point, the rooftops what at what point like how how was my agony so acute and so motivating that it caused me to take such drastic and and proactive action when i see like my friends just dragging themselves around you know like unable to like do stuff like do normal stuff and i'm like at what point does like do you, does someone have to jump out of the woods and smash you with a mallet before you like you have got to like take the five alarm blaze that your body and your mind, your brain is telling you is going on inside yourself and you got to grab it by the lapels and you have to like address that you're like 
your life is in danger. You know, people, I don't think realize, and not to say that like, I, I'm, I'm not off the table of statistics. I don't for a moment claim to be that, but like, you know, if people think that they're not like who they read about in the newspaper, you know, the statistics that they, that they see online, that we are that world. You know, if, if you're like, if, if you're in agony and you know, you're, you're cranking fags and you're all your levels are off the charts and the doctor's looking you in the eye and says like, you're in trouble. Like, you know, the next ambulance siren you hear might be coming to your house, you know, mm -hmm. like I, and I, I don't say that as like a boogeyman or like a scare tactic or whatever, but like, it's, you know, it's now the emergency is right now. And this is the other thing that's kind of crazy. I've got friends and I'm sure you're in the same position where you just like, they list off the myriad things that they have, you know, let's say a half dozen like main markers that they are told or they believe are their detrimental, you know, symptoms. And just like, I just think you're literally six weeks, eight weeks tops from, from being entirely cured. I'm not, I'm not talking like putting a dent on it or like, you know, starting to feel a bit better. I'm talking like a hundred percent, not that person anymore. Like literally, you know, like that's the wonderful thing about particularly dry fasting. If you look into the Filmanov prot uh, protocols, they're cured, Yannick. They're not, they're not like, you know, feeling a bit better. When you look into, you know, like schizophrenia being cured by like nine day fasting protocols, they're like, you either are proposing that they're lying, that they're like, you know, entirely misrepresenting the, the curative uh, relationship with the fast that's taken place, or you have to address and understand that it can cure you of these issues. It can cure you of addiction. It can take you away from your alcoholism, your alcohol. You know, it's not just like it's, it's just like making you feel a bit better on a Tuesday and then you get right back to like what your old issues were. Yep. It's literally able to like, you know, stabilize your blood, bring down your insulin responses. You know, yeah. and I, I say this, like I, I, I temper myself. I'm obviously, I'm overexcited and I'm zealous about my own transformation. And I have to like catch myself and say, I'm also not a doctor. I get that. I'm not a, you know, I, 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 I only give to people my own experience and I offer that, you know, as often as I can, that if they just need, you know, they don't have to cure all their problems today, but if they just need someone to call or they need someone to text or they need someone to message just to say like, you know, I'm on day, I'm on day three, I hold on by a thread, you know, like I want to be that guy for my friends. I mm -hmm. can, I can offer that. I can't, you know, I can't tell them what's going on inside their body. I don't know what the, the, you know, the blood readout level are but I can definitely be like a hand to hold along the way of their own mission and and you know I think that's that's also part of this as well that um, you know we can we can offer that to people because we're like living examples of of the benefit of it yeah exactly and um, that's all you can really do you sort of become that ray of hope and healing and you hope that you can spread it to your friends and hopefully it'll keep spreading because we both know at this point how important this is how much this can help the world not just yeah. in healing i would say more in just self-discipline 
uh, love and appreciation for simple things, which I feel like we've all sort of lost and society has become so materialistic, so depressive. And uh, this is one thing that can really help. Gratitude. Mm hmm. 100%. And just and even in terms of just like uh, calmness and adversity, like, you know, if you can't, uh, if you can't find something to eat, it just like once you've, and it's not a, a bragging right, but literally, as you know, if you, you know, if you don't eat for like a day now, it's just like, okay, you know, okay, we'll eat tomorrow, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. literally not a big deal. And, and, you know, again, not to have bragging rights or like lord yourself over people, but you talk to people that like don't eat for like eight hours or again, like you suggest to friends, hey, if you got, you know, if you, if you feel like you're in a bit of pain rather than take painkillers, maybe just try not like eating for a day and see if that brings the inflammation down. And they're just, oh, you know, like, yeah. oh, well, you oh have to, God. you, you know, exactly, like, you have to be an example of that health. So like, I'd always say, you don't force yourself on your friends. They're just going to think you're a crazy weirdo and they're going <laughs> to slowly back away from you. But yeah. what you can do is just show, be a shining example of how your health improves. And then they're going to be like, hey, what are you doing? Why do you look 10 years younger? Why are you suddenly five times stronger than me? And yeah, that's how the conversation starts. I, it might be a nice place as well to I have to tell you that I went back to that same room that I told you, that same place that I'd done like a year ago. And I told them I didn't think I'd ever perform again. And this is like my last performance. And thank you for being a great audience. But I like if you you can't see, I'm just in agony. I'm in tears and I don't even know how I'm going to get home. I went and played that again like like two Saturdays ago, Yannick, and told them at the end, I just like, I, I literally can't believe I'm here. And I, and as I speak to you, it feels still like an out of body experience, but that's like what's happened in my life. And that's entirely, you know, you asked, was that because of my lemonade fast? Was that because of the water fast? No, it wasn't. It was a hundred percent because of the transformational effect of particularly day three, but then continuing on for a five day dry fast. It's just like changed my life. It's allowed me to feel like I can continue. And I didn't feel like I could continue before that. That's beautiful. Yeah. I Thanks. just want to add that, uh, that for some people that are very sick or have been sick for such a long time, um, they'll yell and get angry if one dry fast doesn't help them. But you do have to realize everybody is a little bit different and there are situations where you need to continue and you do need to refeed correctly. And there's a lot of things that you need to yep. do, but don't everybody shouldn't expect that one dry fast is going to be the perfect cure all. It's definitely going to be a life changer, but it is a bit of a journey and depends on what your health issues are. Yeah. And especially if you if you've got uh, what I described earlier, that's the best I can because I don't know other people's experience and you have a much wider knowledge of that, Yannick. But like if if you have systemic osteoarthritis and you've been told that it's just like completely irreversible and the pains that you're feeling from it feel like they're insurmountable and they're never going to go away for sure. I, I implore you to know that for sure there's there's some movement to positivity mm possible through through a dry fasting intervention for it may be incremental it may be teeny it may be a thousand times less than mine but you'll feel better at the end of that than anything else that i've ever been told about or tried for sure i can say that from my heart agree 100 percent all right well we've been going for a what long a time <laughs> it's been what a, a great pleasure. talk
great talk. Uh, I really hope that we can continue this hopefully in uh, the near future after you do complete one or two more and and nice. see where you're at and we can come back and update everybody. Um, I'll let you know. For perfect. Sure. And then uh, how can, if anybody wants to reach out to you, so you said you're playing some shows. If somebody yeah, is in the yeah, area, um, how do they find you? If you, you? want to look at uh, Breakneck Comedy in Scotland, uh, probably uh, Instagram at uh, Breakneck Comedy, as it sounds. Uh, Breakneck <laughs> Comedy in Scotland. And uh, uh, my name's uh, Craig Campbell. And uh, you can also find me, uh, sometimes you look up Moosefucker as I appear on the um on the uh, dry dry fasting uh, Discord site, um, but uh, but I you know I, I I I would love people to come, but I'm kind of past really too much caring about that anymore. Yeah, I'm like I'd rather speak to people after the show about their own personal health journeys in honesty, yep. and uh, and I see some way progressing towards that. Just because um, I hope the next time I speak to you, it'll be at the end of a of my second. Uh, a prolonged dry fast and I'd like also um, because I'm going to continue to pursue my own strength gains I'd like to be able to tell you that um, like you know I, I never ever would have dreamt three months ago that I would be able to do 45 push-ups in a row and as soon as I was able to like I, I remember kind of hovering in the in the 30s for a bit but then now that I've done 45 I know for sure I've got 50 I know I can do 50 and it's just like that little bit I don't know when it's going to happen but I know that like I can see it now for the first time like I'm only five away and and like I I know that that means I've got like a lot of strength gains ahead of me and um, and I'm going to work at it and I'll give everybody the best insights that I find along my own, uh, particularly now I've found my health journey, my healing journey. Now I'm on my strength journey and my vitality journey. And uh, that's the bit that I want to be able to tell you that I've gained in the uh, in the next chat if we have one. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Look forward to it as well. Have a have a wicked one. Thanks for taking time to talk to me and and you're uh, an inspiration, sir. Absolutely. I hope people check out your videos as I have and thank um, you. Your your fortitude and your insights are utterly. Uh, you're at that. You're an astronaut. You're at the cusp of this technology that's entirely natural, but is untapped literally in our societies and. Uh, I, I can only encourage people to um, to be as inspired by you as I know other people and myself are. Thank you. Thank you so much. No All worries. Right. Until next Be time. Well. All right. Thank you. Goodbye, you, everybody. Man. Bye. Thanks for sticking around. If you've dry fasted before, have any questions or requests for future topics, please leave them in the comments below. I always check the comments for inspiration and ideas. If you're looking for a chat or to set up your dry fasting plan, check out the dryfastingclub.com website and subscribe. You should also check out the Discord community where you can meet other new and experienced dry fasters. Remember, no two people are the same, so every fasting experience is unique. Thank you and good luck on your dry fasting journey.